Saturday, December 7th, 2019. Hello, everybody, again. It's Gabriel Hernandez. Welcome to Kicking It With The King on this wonderful Saturday. Starting to get a little cloudy. Later on, it's supposedly rumored to rain. From the looks of it, it looks like that's going to happen. Welcome in. Um, This is probably one of the biggest days in all combat sports if you're a combat sports fan there's so much action going down today that it's impossible to be bored it's impossible to have a boring saturday you know sometimes saturdays weekends are dull some people are just completely exhausted from the week before the hard work week whatever it is you did that entire week everybody just looks forward to the weekend but today folks it's impossible it's unstoppable and it's very unlikely that you'll be bored if you're a combat sports fan because there's so much to talk about there's so much going down that i can't pick which ones i don't know how it lines up i have to look at the start time for each and every single one of these um Events. I mean, we got the biggest boxing rematch history to date happening tonight. Anthony Joshua versus Andy Ruiz, too. If you remember the first fight, you know, it was one of the biggest upsets in boxing history. I mean, nobody thought that this guy, Andy Ruiz, would come in the world and uh, come in to the boxing world, our boxing community, in the biggest fight of his life and, and pull off one of the biggest wins, if not the biggest win of his career. The, how Anthony Joshua responds from his, the, from his very first loss and, and, you know, the way the fight ended the first time, how he comes back, how his mindset is coming in this fight. I mean, uh, Ruiz had supposedly had weighed in at 280-something before that. I think that was 20 pounds plus more than what he weighed in the first fight. Um, we'll get to see if Andy Ruiz is a legitimate as it comes. We'll get to see if this fight was truly, you know, a fluke or if he can right the wrong. Or I mean, or if Anthony Joshua, excuse me, can right the wrong and prove that that first fight was a fluke. Or does Andy Ruiz retain the titles that he won? Does he prove that he is the the baddest man on the planet in the heavyweight division aside from Deontay Wilder? I don't even understand how the boxing belts work. I mean, there's champions and the same, I mean, heavyweight champions and multiple, I don't know. I I don't understand the whole, I just look at the matchups. I mean, WBO, WBI, WBF, I don't care what the fuck they're called, WWE, whatever it is you want to call them. I just think about matchups and I think about the biggest fights and the biggest fights to make me. You can make Joshua versus Wilder, Joshua versus uh, Fury. I mean, there's so much shit to make. Um, going from Ruiz, Joshua too. We've got another exciting one. If you're inter- into entertainment and you're you're a hardcore fan of the sport, I mean, former UFC light heavyweight champion Tito Ortiz um, fights against Alberto El Patron. Um, Alberto Del Rio in Combatsi America in the main event um, at light heavyweight. Um, both those guys appeared not like each other. Um, I did hear uh, El Patron's interview on Ariel Hawani's show, which was absolutely fantastic and you know very very you know very entertaining and very outgoing and you know very uh, very well outspoken guy. And you know you can't be 
uh, you got to be excited for this one. I mean, Alberto Del Rio, if you remember him in the WWE days, um, and then you know the fights in Pride, you know the fight with Miracle Krokop where he wore that mask in the fight, um, and you know, obviously got knocked out in that fight. But you know, it's it's more famous for what he was able to do. I think he wore, like, it was a luchador mask. He wore the luchador mask in the in the Pride ring, and he, that was the fight where he got knocked out. But you know, this fight's been stemming for quite some time. Um, Tito versus Alberto, I mean, a lot of words, a lot of posts, a lot of different things, um, obviously, if you, if you see the weigh-ins yesterday, things got very physical there, Petito pushes him, and, you know, the, uh, Alberto's corner goes crazy, and all this different stuff happens, you know, and, you know, they're just hyping up the fight, and, uh, Get, we'll get to see what happens, man. Is it going to be a competitive fight? Does Alberto Del Rio have the takedown defense for the kind of wrestler and pressure uh, game that Tito brings? Is that going to be enough? I know Alberto was training in, uh, not Glendale, in Phoenix, Arizona, not Phoenix, uh, Tempe, Arizona with Ryan Bader and CB Dalloway and all the guys there at uh, um, Power, what is it? Power, I don't remember the name, but it's Power MMA. I don't know. What it was like, training Ryan Bagerton basically, and you know he's got some real good training in. I know he moved away from his family for quite some time to get this training in, and you know we'll get to see if it pays off later on tonight. Um, UFC returns to Washington D.C. in the main event. Alistair Overeem takes on Jaruzinho Rosenstruck in the main event. You know Jaruzinho's on a bit of a tear right now, and you know he has a tough test against the former K1 Dream. And uh, Strike Force heavyweight champion um, Alistair Overeem, you know, he's ranked in the top 10 and top five, you know, has been top five for a very long time. You know, the fights with Brock Lesnar, you know, the fun fights that we that he's had in his in his UFC career dating back to 2011 and if you've watched him longer than that you're a real one Alistair also fought in pride as well he's fought a light heavyweight fought a heavyweight um Jarzinho, like I said, is looking to make a name for himself in this heavyweight division. He's eyeing fights with Francis Ngannou. He's eyeing title fights and stuff like that. But first things first, he, he's got to get things done against Alistair, one of the most decorated strikers in all of the UFC. And we'll get to see if that transpires. And basically wraps out all that up. If I'm missing any fight cards or any fight things, I sincerely apologize if I didn't talk about them. But this whole day is stacked. This this whole Saturday is probably one of these stacked Saturdays together. I mean, I wonder how the bars are. I wonder how Buffalo Wild Wings is. I wonder how all those places <coughs> that are showing these fights <coughs> are going to be. They're going to be packed. Now, I don't know necessarily how packed they're going to be for, you know, like the UFC events or, you know, Tito versus Alberto Del Rio, respectively. But I think the money's on the table for Ruiz versus Joshua, too. Everybody, in my opinion, mark my words, is lining up for that fight. Bar's going to be full. Um, you know, all the food places, uh, you know, all the wing, Buffalo Wild Wings, etc. All those places that show those fights and stuff and the pay-per-views and all that, in my opinion, has to be packed, most definitely. Um got a great show today um it's been a while um uh, excited uh and shout out to everybody who tuned in to the segment episodes of kicking it with the king i know there were episodes where i wasn't in studio you know there are just ones you know where 
like you say like a thought comes to your head and you know just you feel like doing a, a, a talking about a specific you know like a specific topic or something else and you know like the little 19 20 minute segments a little bit less or a little bit more but um you know when you're exercising and walking like as i do when i do these blogs i think it's like fulfilling i think you can uh you know what is the word i'm looking for you can you know, exercise your thoughts in your brain and, and, you know, those give me a special, uh, ability to do that, those walks and stuff, you know, when we're not talking about fights, we'll, we'll have fun episodes of segments, that's what I aim to do, that's what I plan to do, so once again, shout out and thank you to everyone who tuned in before we begin this show, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at G the King MMA. You can follow our podcast page directly at KWTK pod, both on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, also, ladies and gentlemen, kicking it with the King. We are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google play music, and everywhere else you get your podcast, Stitcher, etc. Leave us five star review, five star rating. Positive rating, so please. Also, ladies and gentlemen, you can visit me. Uh, you can uh, follow me on Facebook as well at uh, facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez and more. Um, didn't want to necessarily top the show off with this specific topic, but I just needed, like, I had to offer off the condolences to the rest of my family and my cousins and, uh, aunts, uncles, etc. everybody that's feeling the effects. Uh, I got some new, unfortunate news last night. Uh, well, I found it out myself just scrolling through Snapchat and, you know, seeing people's stories. I seen, came across my cousin's story and I had word that my um, grandma had passed away. Um, it was a bit of a shocker because of the way that I found out because it wasn't like, oh, Gabriel, this this happened. It was just that I came, I was scrolling. Like, you know, you're scrolling through Instagram and you, you see those things. And I, I seen that and, you know, I was completely shocked, like, sunken my heart sunk i was i was emotional teary-eyed and you know it's a it's a shocking thing so uh definitely uh heartfelt and you know thank you so much and shout out to everybody who did uh you know uh offer up their you know their their condolences and then you know respectful beautiful messages and all the support that i got from from those people you guys are awesome amazing love the support love you guys and appreciate that um you know, a lot of memories and a lot of uh, amazing moments with that lady. Obviously, like I said, she's resting in paradise with all the rest of the angels and stuff. And this show is uh, presented to you by her. You know, this, this show is dedicated to her memory, to her family, to everybody else that's out there. You know, definitely because it, it did hit home. And, you know, the fact that I remember, I remember having sleepover, not sleepover, but just going over there to visit because I was one of the first waves of family that I ever discovered. And one of the first... You know, like, you know, before when I was growing up, I didn't necessarily have too much family to visit or anything like that. But she was one of the first and, you know, her daughters and, and just everyone else and all the family members that were, that were involved. And you know, she, how close she knew uh, she was when when she knew my mother and my aunt when they were younger and just all the stories that she gave me. All of that shit was so amazing. And I'll never forget that. I, mean, I know she wasn't too far away from me, um, from my house or anything like that. Just probably like 15, 20 minutes away from, from here. Um, she had a long, ba- long battle, suffering for quite some time. And, uh, you know, 
on a lot of medications and just a lot, a lot of health issues and dealing with a lot of problems throughout her life. But she's always been a warrior, a battler, a soldier, um, and, you know, a true angel, a true queen. You know, she served her time. She did what she needed to do. She inspired many and still will continue to inspire us to, you know, kind of link together to understand that life is beautiful and, uh, you know, uh, we got to learn to love each other a lot more and just be together no matter what. Even if things are good, even if things are bad, it doesn't matter. It only matters that you guys all link together and stay together and loyalty stays and you know you don't you don't have any regrets you don't you don't put anybody down you don't hurt anybody you try to be that person to take care of each and every one of those people that you care about and your family members hug them close hug everybody close because life's such an important um uh opportunity and chance for you to leave a legacy behind and she left a legacy behind and that legacy will never be erased it will be greatly missed and like i said Shout out to Nancy Balestros. Let's continue with the show. Didn't mean to talk talk about the show like that. Sorry if I made you guys teary-eyed. I know the holidays, like I said on a um, couple, epi- couple episodes ago, the holidays can be a tough time for a lot of people. So my condolences and shout out to everybody out there that, uh, you know, has a rough time during the holidays. Like I said, greatly can understand because the holidays is when you miss your loved ones the most. And, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, like those kinds of holidays, you got to really celebrate your time with those family members and, you know, show your thanks and stuff, even though I personally show my thanks more so than that. But, you know, that was one of the particular days of the year that I was looking forward to. And, you know, like I said, you just got to be thankful for all the things that you got and, and so forth, ladies and gentlemen. So let's move from that to, um, me what's going on like i said there's a lot of fights going on i don't know which one i want to watch first or which order it necessarily goes in i didn't look at all the technical aspects of it was whether or not ruiz joshua 2 was first tito versus alberto del rio you know for me i don't have like i don't have a billion tvs to watch all of them at once i can't scroll from one to two i mean obviously like the ruiz joshua fight isn't gonna happen like directly i mean there's gonna be other fights on the undercards and stuff like that i mean tito versus alberto del rio you know, if we're really, we're really just waiting for the main events. So I know there's like a lot of hardcore fans out there, a lot of people out there that um, um, watch all the fights and stuff. Like, uh, seen a couple people. Um, you know, Shay, Shay on Twitter. Um, shit, I think it's, I forgot. I'll, I'll put out her Twitter handle and stuff. But I know there's like a lot of accounts, hardcore people that I see in my feed that's watching each and all the fights and stuff. And I've seen people with, you know, two, three computer monitors, one on their phone, one on the tablet. And it's like all these different fight nights being hosted because people just can't keep their eyes off all the screens. I mean, the world of combat sports, the fans of combat sports is like amongst the best and most rowdy fans other than football fans. So I just jumping because that other than that, like I said, everybody's a little bit rowdy since Stuff. So, you know, it's good. It's dedic- it's dedication. It shows that for sure. And uh, <laughs> like I said, main event for you know biggest biggest main event rematch in heavyweight boxing, other than Wilder versus Fury, which is next. Wilder versus Fury two, excuse me, this is, which is next year biggest rematch too. But this is also another big rematch because I mean, if you look at what Anthony Joshua has been able to do throughout his entire career and, you know, the people he's fought and, you know, the adversity he's gone through and the people and the legends that he's fought. No disrespect to Andy Ruiz. He's not saying he wasn't a legend before that. 
But when it comes to this fight, it was one of the biggest upsets in boxing history because of the culture behind it, because of everything. Being the first Mexican heavyweight champion in boxing. I mean, not, it wasn't like a bodied up person, you know, like a normal, like a like a like a guy with like big muscles or like someone that you like, you know, oh, you look at like a nice bo- a boxer or an MMA fighter, you know, with a you know fantastic physique or and and or like oh, big huge power or uh, you know somebody that's been fighting for quite some time and you know it's it's like a big scary muscly guy. That's what people think of when it comes to fighters and stuff like you know muscly, you know big thick strong. But, you know, Ruiz, obviously, like I said, made that mark of, you know, not only becoming the best, baddest man on the planet at the heavyweight division, other than Deontay Wilder, and, you know, et cetera, the rest of them. You, know, you don't have to name every single one of them each and every time. But, um, you know, if you look at Andy Ruiz physically, he doesn't look like the baddest man on the planet and that's the best part about it because you get in there with him you don't have to deal with those fluid combinations you don't have to deal with all all, all that toughness you know this guy's not going away this guy's going to be in your face you know he's he's fast he's quick his counters are are, are are spot spot on you know this fight was back and forth you know joshua hurt him ruiz hurt him and you know essentially took joshua's soul out of his body in that fight and you know, scored one of, the, like I said, the biggest upsets and one of the most, you know, historic moments in Mexican combat sports history and American combat sports history and all of combat sports history. And it's something that a lot of people just couldn't get their heads over. It was just absolutely shocking. It was one of the biggest moments and still stands in one of the biggest moments, regardless of what happens. Now, there are some interesting questions leading into that fight tonight that I've had, and we'll get into those real quick. Let's just take a quick commercial break. And we're back, folks. Appreciate you guys for waiting, having constant patience. As I was saying, one of the most interesting things about not only um, the Ruiz versus Joshua 2 fight, just the implications behind it, you know, the fact that Joshua was undefeated for quite some time. And, you know, it's always interesting to me how the champion or a longtime defending champion, whether it's in boxing, kickboxing, MMA, how the long time reigning defending champion or a fighter who hasn't lost in quite some time how they respond to their first loss they don't even have to be a champion i just always was so interested on how they responded after a first loss and you know a devastating loss like that it wasn't like joshua got flatlined in the first round like a like uh like by a wilder type fighter you know he was he was he was stopped or he was knocked down multiple times but he wasn't like you know i wasn't he wasn't knocked out cold he just got dropped and you know buzzed you know, a good amount of times, as did Joshua, I mean, as did Ruiz, excuse me, and, you know, it was a fun back and forth fight, but, you know, at the end of the day, Andy Ruiz got uh, his hands on Joshua and was able to get that stoppage, and now warrants the biggest rematch in boxing history to date later on tonight. It's interesting, you know, how how is Anthony going to respond for to his first loss and, you know, this, the pressure of it and everything that's at stake because of not only the fact that it's a, it's a fight, but, you know, you lose to this guy again, man, it's going to be hard to sell a third one. It's really going to show you how dangerous this sport of boxing is. 
But then again, you flip the script. It could just be, you know, AJ had a bad night. You know, that one loss is going to transform him into absolute world beater again. And he'll be back on top of the world again fighting Andy Ruiz. So, like I said, like I was just saying, it's interesting to see how people who never lost rebound from their first loss. And, you know, we get to see uh, the, the side of them after the first loss so meaning that like you know we get to see how they are whether or not they can make it back or you know and and see if they add more tools to their game or you know overall sometimes losses are the best things for people because they come back even better They they come back better than before when they fought and that's the most exciting part that's the best part about it so we'll get to see that one uh, later on tonight this day will not end without knowing the results of these fights um like i said moving on to another fight card um tito versus alberto del rio um now to be honest with you i never really watched too many of alberto's fights all respects i knew he was in the wwe you know he has a long history with them um, you know, he did MMA briefly, uh, 9-5 and five record in MMA, Tito, um, I don't know what Tito's record is, like, you know, let's pull it up real quick, uh, you know, Tito, respectively, you know, retiring from the UFC, uh, you know, finally ending his tenure with the UFC, he was like the original longtime light heavyweight champion, one of the most uh, polarizing figures in all of MMA, you know, up there with Chuck Liddell, Rampage Jackson, Shogun Hua, and, you know, being the original pioneers of mixed martial arts, you know, Tito is at the top of the list, and who would have thought in 2019, almost 2020, that Tito would have come back and been better than ever, I mean, he retired in the, um, UFC at one point, and, you know, let me see, just, you know, he retired and he came back, and, you know, he fought in Bellator, you know, had a good run there, he fought for the title there, but he also had, you know, he, he lost his, uh, his title shot, obviously, to Liam Geary at the time, and Tito Ortiz, 44 years old, Jesus, um, here we go, Tito Ortiz, pull up his, uh, fight record let me just see this real quick okay this last fight was uh chuck liddell crazy as it sounds uh knocked chuck liddell out in the third third fight that was uh, um the trilogy fight if you will i mean obviously it doesn't really seem much like a trilogy because chuck did beat him twice but you know tito at the end of the day got the last laugh he knocked chuck out um in the first round from yeah in the first round four minutes 24 seconds in the first round before that he beat chel sonnen and then after that he originally before that that's when he fought for the title in bellator and he lost uh by uh, submission and then you know other than that you know exited the UFC, came into the Bellator after his third fight with Forrest Griffin. He beat Alexander Shemenko by submission, um, beat Stefan Bonner by split decision, then lost Liam McGarry, like I said, beat Chel Sonnen, then finished Chuck Liddell. So Tito's coming off of two wins in a row, two finishes in a row. No, both over. Legitimate competition. Chuck Liddell, a much older Chuck Liddell, Chel Sonnen. You know, Chell's an excellent fighter, so, you know, that was an impressive win as well. Um, Now, Tito has Alberto Del Rio. um, Hasn't fought since 2010, so we'll definitely see the experience factor on the side of Tito. Because, like I said, Tito's last fight was last year. It's been a year since Tito's fought. Um, You know, like I said, I never would have imagined him coming back you know after the retirement in 2012 then he came back and ever since then he's he's, he's been fighting you know, he, he's he obviously hasn't fought constantly but he has fought 
you know, when, when there's the biggest fights. You know, obviously he exited Bellator. Uh, what, what was his record in Bellator? One, two, three, four. He had four fights in Bellator um, within a span of from 2014 to 2017, you know, about three years. Um, and, you know, he amassed a beautiful... Three and one in Bellator, the one loss being for the title. Other than that, he looked perfect. And you know, like I said, he's twenty wins, twelve losses, one draw. Let's do this, Alberto Del Rio. How is your takedown defense? I mean, at this age, at his, how old is Alberto? Let me see. Let's see how 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 old he is. You know, I just want to know like how how his wrestling, his takedown defense is. I know he was a wrestler as well, too, and you know, professionally in college. If I'm not mistaken, um, and you know he's he's been an athlete yeah, his entire life. As he said, he's a, he's a little little younger than Tito Ortiz, um, 42 years old. Tito's yeah, two years younger than Tito. Um, going over to his record, pull it up. Yeah, he's lost his last fight in 2010. Um, Masu Yamamoto Hanchi by TKO and Cage of Combat Force Spanish Bombs. I don't know, that's a Madrid, Spain, I guess. Um, fought the likes of Mirko Krokop. Is Krokop like the only legitimate fighter that he's fought? Um, a lot of wins over submission, by submission. I mean, submission by rear naked choke, another rear naked choke, guillotine. Um. Yeah, a huge major majority of his wins are by submission. Um, and you know, obviously he's very fantastic on the ground. It appears to be. Uh, we'll get to see that. Um, Tito Ortiz has to be other than Krokop has to be the most credentialed fighter that he's fought. So it's gonna be interesting to see how Alberto fares with the wrestling game of Tito. I don't really know too much about his wrestling background, but um. We'll get to see. We'll get to see it today. Tito having the, you know, best ground and pound, best takedowns back in the day when he was a longtime defending champion in the UFC, and you know, he looks to be in absolute phenomenal shape. If you look at his recent pictures on, I think he posted on his Instagram. He's got the Trump 2020 shorts, or actually nice shorts. I got to be honest, it looks cool right there. Um, obviously, he's a he's a supporter of of, of his president. He. he uh, a lot of people are political nowadays, so, you know, Tito, uh, like I said, Tito, like Colby, you know, both have high support for President Trump, and both get flagged for it and all that, I'm not going to speak about that, you know, like I said, it looks cool that, you know, every people have their own beliefs and stuff, so I'm not one to uh, really intervene with that so like i said other than that like stylistically it's gonna be a fun fight um belt or alberto like i said didn't really have too much experience compared to what tito has i mean tito's has um 33 professional fights while alberto has 14 and nine i mean nine of five record not saying that it's bad but it's just not as experienced as Tito. I mean, Tito fought the best in the world in the UFC at that one, at one point. I mean, he fought Rashad Evans twice. That's the one guy he has a draw with. I mean, he's fought for the 
for the belt. He's been the champion in the UFC. Other than John Jones, Tito was the longest reigning light heavyweight champion. So, special time. Special fight. Interesting fight because I've been following Tito for quite some time. So, it's going to be interesting to see how he fares, how this wrestling is, how his body has held up. And, you know, your body's your biggest failure. And as Tito said early on in his career, um, you know, like his body was his biggest failure to why he was winning these fights. I mean, obviously people are, you know, have this, had this false, uh, you know, these false thoughts about Tito sucking. And, you know, back then when I would talk about Tito being my favorite, people would always say, oh, he sucks. Oh, he, Tito sucks. It's like, he sucks. But not, not really have any logic to what what made them say that and why they said that and not knowing the implications or the background stories or the injuries and all that people are just uh, self-centered and idiotic when it comes to fights and you know just you know the ignorance of fight fans and stuff so i don't fuck with like ignorant fight fans you don't ever get replies from me or anything like that on twitter or any instagram post or anything like that i don't like hecklers i don't like ignorant fans uneducated fight fans you guys don't matter and uh like I said, so anyways, that's going to be a great fight. Um, come back to you, America. First fight on pay-per-view, Jorge Masvidal will be calling the action on that one. So that's going to be a little bit interesting. Never heard him on the mic before. We'll get to see that. I don't know necessarily if it can be, it's going to be in English or Spanish when it comes to the commentating or broadcasting. But we'll get to see it. A majority of the time, I don't know, it's in Spanish, I think. Yeah, I mean, because it's Combati America, like the number one Latino uh, MMA organization in the world as of as of late, or you know, as of right now. Like I said, I don't can't think of any other places that have a big um, Latino America uh, fan base and and you know a bunch of fighters all in one under one stable that are all basically you know Latin American fighters. So what they're doing over there is pretty awesome. We'll see how they do on pay-per-view. Other than that, I'm just curious to see the matchup and everything else to do that. And then, you know, I think it's going to be a washout by Tito Ortiz. I'm picking Tito Ortiz by uh, a unanimous decision. Or, and you can take him out. You can submit him. Like I said, Alberto has great submissions as well. Majority of his wins are by rear naked choke. I mean, what if an upset like that happened? That would be something crazy. What a crazy way turn of events. And, you know, this is a fight that a lot of people are looking at Tito as a favorite. And this is kind of like a, basically a fight that Tito has to win. In a lot of people's eyes, this is a fight that Tito has to win. Moving along. Quickly before we move along, though, ladies and gentlemen, we are brought to you by Anchor. Like I said, Anchor is the one-stop shop. The number one app in all of the app store when it comes to creating a podcast. If you've been dying, if you've been waiting, if you've been always wanting to start your own podcast, Anchor is the app for you. It's 100% free. It's 100% easy to use. Has five stars in the app store, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't think that's for no reason. That isn't a coincidence because it's absolutely easy. I'm using it as we're speaking to record this ad. Anchor is the one-stop shop. Like I said, if you want to join the culture, the community, the stable of people podcasting, it, this is a time, you know, this is the time of the year. You know, podcasts are absolutely exploding. And with Anchor, it makes it easy as hell. Easy as one, two, three. You, all you need is your smartphone, tablet, Android, iPhone, any of those devices, all available. You could be anywhere. You could be on your roof. Like I was saying, you could be outside you could be on a vacation trip you can be in your car you could be anywhere and you can pull out your phone pull out your tablet whatever you want to do and you can start recording you can have a podcast it, it makes it easy you can just 
you can podcast without any with any hassle you don't have to have a studio you don't have to have a laptop you don't have to have big headphones you don't have to have any of those other extra things it's kind of like a, a personal assistant when it comes to creating a podcast i've been podcasting ladies and gentlemen for about five plus years now and never found an app as better as anchor and i've been on many networks folks so like i said if you want to get your start visit anchor.fm slash start one more time www.anchor.fm slash start to start your own motherfucking podcast folks do it today anchor.fm slash start all right um let's let's go on forward to a ufc in washington dc quickly the main event between alistair overeem versus jarzino rosenstroop obviously if you look at the um the, the experience has to go wholeheartedly to alistair overeem he's fought the likes of junior dos santos fabricio for doom um stipe miocic brock lesnar frank mir uh todd duffy um shogun hua Nogera and beat the brakes off of Brett Rogers back in Strike Force. Um, he fought Antonio Silva. Uh, he fought Travis Brown. He's been, he's been in the UFC since 2011. No, Jarazino, however, on the side of him, is nine wins, nine to zero. Um, Alistair's 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, probably plus fights in totally. If you really want to count the street fights, the K1 fights, and all his kickboxing fights and stuff, probably hundreds of fights for Alistair. Literally, probably 70 plus or more for on the on the side of Alistair. So, if you really want to talk about experience, you know, if people base this fight on experience, Alistair washes him out of the park. But you can't think about it like that. You got to think about it as if you know this is a very important fight. You know, it's a very dangerous fight for Alistair. It's also a very dangerous fight for Jarzinho. Meaning the fact that has Jarzinho been able to replicate or see anything close to what Alistair brings to the table in his career? Obviously, Jarzinho is no is no slouch, and he has had put on fantastic performances in the last few fights. And all those fights in the UFC have ended very you know uh, very dangerously and you know by vicious knockout. And this guy's been touted as one of the most dangerous guys and, you know, probably one of the most highly regarded prospects in the heavyweight division. And if he does get a win over Alistair and, and, and under this regard, I definitely think that this will create even bigger opportunities moving forward. Like I said, I know he's called for a fight with Francis Ngannou. He's talked about that. I know he has aspirations to fight for the world title. I know he thinks he believes he can be the best in the world. So um, he'll get that opportunity tonight as well. I mean, so many fucking fights. I mean, Ruiz, Joshua too, Tito versus Alberto, you Alistair Overeem versus Jarzino Rosenstruck, Rosenstrike, whatever it is, however you pronounce it. I mean, all big fights. I mean, you know, huge fun fights. Ruiz, Joshua, huge, massive for the boxing and combat sports community. Tito, Alberto, longtime fans of Tito, longtime fans of Alberto, the wrestling community, the fighting community, all getting together for a whole night of combat sports. Probably the most eventful night of combat sports in all of 2019. The last year of the decade, 2020, is right around the corner. So, like I said, huge night. Um, interesting fights um like i said jarzino has a knockout power and his hands and feet we see him head kick ko i think over junior albini if i'm not mistaken and um 
he looked amazing doing that. I mean, the fight with Arlovsky, and like I said, Jarzinho was a reminisce to a one. Derek Lewis looks very similar in, in, the, in the way that they, they look. I, I don't know. That's not like, it's not a, it's not a digger a shot at any of those guys, I mean, it's just like, you know, it almost looks as if it's his twin, Derek Lewis's twin brother, I mean, if you want, well, being compared to a knockout artist like Derek Lewis, I mean, Jarzinho's a little quicker on the feet, and, and a little bit more nastier with his combination, so, you know, he could be a little bit the, the more explosive brother, in my opinion, so that's gonna be interesting, I can't wait for that one, I think today's overall is going to be quite eventful. Let me check. I feel like we're forgetting stuff when it comes to other fight cards that are, are other fight things that are happening today. Um, like you said, it's a huge night, um, a huge day. Obviously, going to be a huge night for a lot of people, and uh, it's going to be fun. That's why I thought it would be fun. There's, it's almost like impossible to come into this kind of Saturday and not have this kind of. Uh, Uh, this kind of the podcast basically it's like we couldn't um we couldn't uh like we couldn't um go without doing a podcast today basically there's too many fights too many things to talk about so it's gonna be interesting mm. Scrolling through Twitter real quick. Uh, Bellator uh, goes to Japan. Saitama Super Arena. Some fights have been announced there. Michael Venom Page returning against uh, MVP versus Enzai. I don't really know. I don't know too much about him, as doesn't everybody else. Um... And it's going to be interesting to see everything. Um, UFC releases Liz Carmouche. She was a part of uh, the first women's fight in UFC history with Ronda Rousey. Infamously had Ronda's back at one point. Almost had a rear naked choke and neck crank. Could have easily finished the fight. Been the first uh, undisputed champion in UFC women's history. You know, she was inches away. Unfortunately, she comes up short. And as of late, she came off of a very uneventful, shitty performance against Valentina Shevchenko. All, dis- all respect to Liz. But that fight was a piece of shit. And I hated that fight. Um, and overall, like I said... It's kind of a, uh, it seems kind of crazy because the landscape was like, you know, she was doing, I think, media or something for the UFC or, you know, at, at what UFC, one of the UFC's events, uh, you know, doing some press and stuff. And she finds out the name, uh, finds out she's released um, from the UFC while doing UFC media and stuff. So a lot of people thought it was a big dig and a disrespectful, uh, you know, dig at her. But, you know, like I said, uh, the UFC is business, and you know they gotta do what they gotta do. And you know some other people were released too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but you know, like I said, move along, move along, and you know all respects to her. I think Bellator may pick her up super quick. I think she's a a force still to be reckoned with, and she can add some fun to uh, 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 she can add, definitely add some fun to the, the women uh, flyweight division in um. 
in Bellator as well. So, uh, that's interesting. So, Ruiz versus Joshua, too, from Saudi Arabia. So, if it's in Saudi Arabia, what time does it start? Overall, it's just going to be a great fight tonight. Great fights tonight. And it's a good time to be fight fans. It's a good time to enjoy the aspects of everything that's happened. And, you know, the fruits of the labor. Got a couple more fight nights. I think we have um, Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington coming up. UFC 245 live on pay-per-view. Um, when is that fight? Let me pull that up. Colby versus Kamaru. It's interesting because that's a, a fight that I can't pick as well. Both 15-1, and one, both the same records in the UFC. Um, so, let's pull it up. When is it? December 14th. So, December 14th is uh, next week. So, next week, and we got UFC 245, and I think that's the final... Uh, that's the final... Uh, The final fucking fight card. Why did I draw a blank for a second? The final fight card of the year. And then UFC has a lot of big fights. You know, starting the year off with the return of Conor McGregor, which would be also amazing. So that's going to be awesome to see him. He returns against Donald Cerrone, like I said, in January. That should be a good one. Um, excited for that. So we're spoiled as fight fans. I think a lot of us, you know, we get to join together and talk about these fights or, you know, get on the podcast, talk about them, talk about them amongst our friends. And we're, we're real gifted as fight fans and definitely pleasurable and happy to be a part of those things too. Um, so like I said, um, other than that, I don't have too much planned for the weekend. Like I said, big fight, big fights today. Um, other than that, I've caught up on most of my shows. Um, the Mandalorian episode five just streams. This is available for stream now on Disney Plus. Um, I watched that one yesterday. It was great. Um, And also, I was just looking at something on Facebook. Something uh, I was just looking. Something caught my eyes. But like I said, yeah, like I'm not doing really anything today. Other than that, like I'm not going to sit and watch every single one of the fights. I'm more so probably just going to look at the results. And maybe watch the Overeem versus Rosenstreet fight card. And, and, and uh, Joshua versus Ruiz one. But there's too many great fight cards on, man. It's like, I wish I could watch each and every one of them. But that's not the case. And overall, like I said, it'll be a great day. Um, Sunday, going to relax. You know, like I said, uh, <laughs> actually hit the weights for the first time in quite some fucking time, dude. And I, uh, very sore. Like, that's all I can say is like, you know, basically, you know, where my, where my shoulders are and my chest plates, all very sore. You know, I added a little bit of weight to it after I'd done some reps and, you know, that was my first time lifting weights and stuff. It's not like I haven't worked out in hella long or anything, but, uh, I hadn't 
done that specific workout in some time. So like I said, like when you go a long time without working out, you tend to be sore when you finally return to working out. I'm not usually too sore when it comes to working out or returning to stamina-related stamina workouts and stuff like that. But physical ones like that where you're lifting weights, pumping iron like that, that's the ones that really get you uh, real sore if you haven't done that in a while. So I did that. Uh, my chest plates, man, I'm so sore, but it feels so fucking good. It's like I'm pushing down on it right now as we speak. It's like, ooh, a little pain little sharp pain and stuff like that but i do love the sore feeling and oddly it's a really addictive feeling so i like it what else we got let's pull it up any questions no no questions there's not really a lot of questions to ask because this is a time for me to talk to you guys um So the name of the fighter that Michael Venom Page returns to fight uh, is a UFC vet. I don't know if that really is legitimate, tr- legitimately true. People say UFC vet a lot, but uh, his name is Shinzo Enzai, uh, and this fight will happen on uh, this fight will happen at 173 pounds. Um, as well as this will happen on December the 29th. So. That's interesting. Good fight like that. Uh, there's some fights on the zone right now. From Apparently. I don't know exactly what, what fights those are. If that's the fight card already. But I don't know. I'm looking at it right now. But I don't necessarily know. So uh, a lot of people talking about the Anthony Johnson, Joshua, uh, Anthony Johnson, excuse me, Anthony Joshua versus, uh, Andy Ruiz fight on there, asking people who they have and stuff, and, you know, their picks and stuff like that, you know, bets, still plenty of time to bet and stuff like that, and, uh, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to really see what happens, and, uh, Henan Burrell, breaking news out of the UFC, former UFC bantamweight champion, released um, after five straight losses. Uh, if you remember Henan Burrell back in the day, um, was absolutely unstoppable. I mean, he was defending defending champion while Dominic Cruz was out. Dominic Cruz was out. Uh, you know, he was out with injuries. Hennon Burrell was that guy just knocking everybody out. I mean, the spinning back kick against Eddie Wineland. The uh, the the fights with Uriah Faber. I mean, the dominance that he, that he had. You know, him and Jose Aldo were back-to-back. One weight class. And, you know, Jose Aldo being a weight class above. Um, both of them being from the same camp. Both dominating. Uh, both, you know, looking absolutely unstoppable. I mean, Hendon Burrell, like I said, was unstoppable. Was on a huge win streak up until, you know, the fights with TJ. You know, a lot of people have a lot of controversial things to say about what's happened with uh, Hendon Burrell and his career and the fact that TJ tested positive and, you know, did TJ, was TJ on any performance-enhancing drugs or anything like that when he fought Hendon Burrell and how it really changed his, uh, his approach and everything that happened to him in that fight, um, but up until, up until he fought, um, TJ, the first time he was on one, two, three, 
19, 20, 21, 22. He's had a 22-fight win streak. Then he fought Uriah after that, that last win with Uriah Faber. Then he fought TJ Dillashaw. Defended, well, attempted to defend his belt against TJ Dillashaw. Then came back, beat Mitch, Mitch Gungun by submission. Had to rematch TJ, lost. Lost Jeremy Stevens. Um, then came back and won against Felipe Nover. You know, you know, that was a little bit better for him to get a win. At least his last win was in uh, September of 2016. Other than that, you know, he goes on a five-fight losing streak. You know, losing Aljamain Sterling, Brian Kelleher, Andre Ewell, you know, Luke Sanders, Douglas Silva, DeAndraj. <coughs> Overall, you know, ending on a rough stretch. Um, he said he was real dominant for quite some time in... From uh, his debut in 2011, he was quite dominant, man. He had a long run. He's been fighting the UFC forever. A lot of people forget about that. Since 2011, you know, back when John Jones became the youngest champion in UFC history, Hennon Brow made his UFC debut on UFC 130, and that's Rampage versus Hamill. Frank Mir took on Roy Nelson, um, and Hennon Brow fought Cole Escovito, beat him by unanimous decision. Um, and like I said, you know, I didn't realize how long he's been fighting in the UFC and some people really get hard fights like that that aren't the same. You know, some people just aren't the same after so long. I mean, when he fought, uh, TJ Dillashaw the first time, he only had one loss and that was two losses. And then, you know, amassed to him losing to TJ a second time in the Jeremy Stevens fight. You know, he went from, he went from one loss in his all of his career to nine losses which don't seem as bad but you know they were just so quickly back to back so i'm not completely off the train of Hennen Barrow. it's not like i think he's absolutely done i just think that people after a while you know seem to deteriorate after fights certain fights you know you go you get through the stage or to go through the stage in your career where you're just simply unstoppable and then that one fight you know changes everything and the Jose Aldo fight for example and when he fought uh we'll speak we're gonna speak about that and we're gonna segue from Barrow quickly finish it off of this Barrow stuff and then we'll go to talking about Jose Aldo so um you know, so, so Barrow comparable to Jose Aldo, you know, obviously they're brothers, basically, in my opinion, same camp for the longest time, um, you know, trained together for, for the longest time, um, so Barrow, like I said, comparable, what I was just going to say to Jose Aldo, is Jose Aldo hadn't lost a fight, and, and it's so long until he fought Connor, he had the fight with Connor, he got stopped in 13 seconds, obviously came back, fought Frankie Edgar, Won the interim title, got promoted to the undisputed champion, fought Max Holloway, lost to Max Holloway twice, um, and you know fought Alexander Volkanovski, and you know that had been his first loss that was in the title fight. So that was unfortunate for Jose Aldo to see where his careers, where his career has gone uh, since since that. Um, let me pull up. Aldo's Wikipedia page real quick and then um, 
give my thoughts and talk about his 135 pound debut in a second and my thoughts on that um get my thoughts on all that so like i said yeah he has jose aldo has a fight with marlon marias um jose aldo nice record of 28 and 5 before that lost to volkanovsky aldo beat hanato moincano and jeremy stevens uh by stoppage and like I said, lost to Volkanovski. Then, you know, the Max Holloway fights and stuff like that. So a lot of mixed, um, a lot of mixed opinions about the move down to 135 pounds for Jose Aldo. If you've seen the pictures, I'm sure if you look at Jose Aldo and you Google him or look on Twitter and you know, if you're, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of media pages covering it, talking about it and you, you judge for yourself. I mean, a couple of the pictures, he doesn't look good. He looks so tiny. And, you know, obviously, like I said, I don't know how the weight cuts are going or, you know, weight cut or, you know, he's actually losing weight appears to be not cutting weight he's losing weight because like that weight's like to come back but he's legitimately just you know overall just dieting and losing that weight to get down to 135 pounds um at this stage of this of his career let me just tell you that it's a little bit more uncomfortable for me to see because of the stage of his career many people would have vouched for him to move maybe up a weight class versus down but then if you look at aldo's state of his career now you know, like not like I'm saying he's done or washed out or anything like that. He was coming off two losses, two wins in a row by finish against two very good opponents, Jeremy Stevens and and I never seen Jeremy Stevens stop until he fought that Jose Aldo fight. I mean, getting stopped by TKO, I never saw that. Jeremy Stevens is as tough as hell, especially Hanato Moicano. If you look at what Hanato Moicano did to Cub Swanson, I mean, dropped him with that nasty jab and. You know, were able to submit him in his fight. I mean, those aren't no slouches. Those aren't two people that don't deserve to be there. I mean, like I said, Jose Aldo fought a guy that's fighting for the title next week against Max Holloway, Alexander Volkanovsky. So there's no there's no shame in, in those losses or anything like that. Um, it's just concerning at this stage of his career to go down to 135 pounds because he just doesn't look well. How's the energy going to fare? How's his body going to react for the dropping weight down to this weight class for so long? I mean, him, he was fighting. He's been fighting at 145 for quite some time. I don't know if necessarily if he had if he's had any fights at 155. I just know at one point in time, you know, a huge stretch for the longest time. You know, he had a bad cut down to 145, and you know, people had stated that you know he fared. He he he, he t- tended to fail later on in his fights i mean if you go back to the fight with mark hominick you know mark hominick was beating the fuck out of jose after the last those last few fights jose was absolutely exhausted he was a big thick 145er and now just seeing him at 135 is absolutely crazy too being the fact that like you know but then again you know like i said if if this is really going well and you know he wants to sh- shut all the naysayers out i think that you know it's just a huge it's a bad it's a big fight for him i mean i don't i mean i guess at this point i don't mind the 135 pound debut it's just who he's fighting is who i have a problem with you know marlon mariah jesus christ is absolutely a fucking savage has not fought since the fight against Cejudo. So they're both coming off of losses. You know, Marlon Rice cuts a shit ton of weight to get down to this uh, th- this weight class as well as Josie Aldo. 
both big guys. I don't know necessarily who's going to be the one coming in a lot more heavier. Um, being the fact that Aldo did cut all that, drop all that weight down, and a lot of people are, are concerned whether or not he's going to make weight or not, and all that. I'm just going to wait and see what happens with that. Um, stylistically, I don't think that Marlon and Jose are too far off. However, Jose has been in the game for quite some time, as does Marlon. I mean, both men are familiar with, uh, you know, winning championship belts and being in championship fights. I mean, Jose hadn't lost a title fight, um, you know, hadn't lost a non-title fight. I think since the very first time he lost, then he came to fight the Connor fight, and then the Max Holloway fights. You know, the fight where he had the belt. He lost to Max in the rematch he was able to get because Frankie Edgar got injured. He came back, he fought Max a second time, that happened. Then he ended his fight with Volganovsky. So his last two loss last three losses are to Max Holloway and, and Alexander Volganovsky. So he'll look to start fresh at 135 pounds. Um positively, if you want to be positive on this episode, um you can look at the matchups that he has, the fun matchups in this division. Not only did Jose Aldo drop to 135, but notoriously Frankie Edgar had dropped to 135, has dropped, excuse me, to 135 as well. Um, notoriously been a weight class that's been talked about for Frankie for quite some time. I mean, he's been fighting up at 155 pounds and, um, you know, always been the smaller guy beating the bigger guys and you know, he's lost some questionable decisions down at 155 pounds and, you know, he's fought a lot of bigger guys and, you know, you know and beating all the best guys, you know, was the man at lightweight for the longest time, man. People can't forget about Frankie Edgar, especially when Frankie came in and beat BJ Penn and all that. So Frankie historically was tied to potentially fighting at 135. You know, for the longest time, people thought he was big at 155. Or not big at 155, but small, smaller guy at 155 fighting the bigger guys at 155 that cut a lot more weight. Um, Frankie hardly didn't even really cut too much weight, too make 55 or hardly even i don't even think he really cut weight when it came down to that but um you know he was touted to fight at 145 with the smaller guys and you know really people thought that you know including joe rogan said that frankie would have been better at 135 because if you look at his body his frame you're just losing that muscle and stuff losing that a little bit of that muscle to get down to 135 pounds that's the perfect size that's the perfect weight class for him and you know that's a positive thing excited very excited for him as well um so both jose aldo and frankie edgar i mean frankie fought at 155 jose aldo was a long reigning defending champion at 145 for quite some time but if you look at the both of them now they're both making their 135 pound uh drops and who would have thought them out of all people would be making their drops at this stage of his career i mean at this stage of aldo's career like i said i'm not going to say that he's done or anything else like that i'm just saying that because of the fact of the history of his weight cut and the bad you know him him struggling to make 145 at one point in time i mean at one you know a couple stages i mean it was a long stage of him not being able to make that weight at 145 it's not like he was missing weight or anything we just knew that it was a brutal weight cut you know these weight cuts are so dangerous and they're life-threatening literally and you could literally die from making these weight cuts and we've had deaths due to weight cuts and stuff and unfortunately we haven't had those in the ufc but we have had deaths in combat sports related to weight cuts and other organizations and fight places other countries and we really really want to avoid that right now and we really want to see jose aldo 
not get blown out of the water. Not saying that that's not gonna happen. Obviously, Aldo's fought the best of the best. Arguably, could have fought more better people than Marlon because Aldo has been in the WEC days, WEC merging with the UFC, UFC buying out WEC. A lot of UFC, WEC fighters now in the UFC, Anthony Pettis. I mean, you got the all-time leader, Donald Cerrone, all-time leader in bonuses, finishes, and UFC fights in UFC history, came from the WEC. Former champion Benson Henderson came from the UFC. I mean, Cub Swanson, Uriah Faber, Chad Mendes. If you look at the Chad Mendes fights with Josie Aldo, those are some of my favorite fights. I mean, this first one, obviously, not too much. Second fight with Chad Mendes was fun. And Jose, obviously, the lead up to the fight with Connor was fun. You know, Max Holloway fight it wasn't really, it wasn't fun because they had so much respect for each other. And it, it was fun, but it was respectful. So it's like, I'm, I'm, Max Holloway is so respectful. And, you know, it's not going to be a disrespectful fight for him. So, I mean, like I said, Aldo's had a lot of fun fights. And so has Frankie Edgar. So, like I said, seeing both of these guys make their drops at this, at this stage of the career is very interesting. I vouch for them. I wish them the absolute best. And we'll see what happens with this one. Uh, like I said, so quickly just highlight my thoughts on Aldo um wow 42 minutes in already probably a little bit closer to an hour because we did take that commercial break for a quick second I had to take care of some things but um so like I said very interesting to see what happens with them and I you know positively was wish the best for them I would feel a little bit more comfortable with Frankie being the one that drops to 135 versus Jose Aldo because Frankie historically hasn't really had any bad weight cuts. I mean, they're tough in some sort of capacity, but they're not nearly as tough as Jose Aldo's were. I mean, a lot of the fans, a lot of people paying attention to him, seeing how he looks at the weigh-ins and stuff, and, you know, just seeing how a lot of these fighters, not just Jose, but Connor for one point in time. I don't think Connor's going to fight at 145 ever again either. So, I mean, those are, a lot of these weight cuts are so brutal. A lot of these weight cuts kill you, and you don't want to see that happen. We don't want to see those things. That's why I know one championship doesn't have weight cuts like that that gets brutal brutal to that point in time they have you fight your natural weight which is the most healthiest way i think in person personally just you know like i said a lot of people thought necessarily it would be better for aldo to move to 155 a lot of questions coming to this for him he fights marlon Marais. Um, when is that fight let me just quickly pull that up pull up Josie Aldo that fight is on December 14th also next week so I forgot about that December 14th is stacked let's see what let's just quickly preview UFC 245 and then we'll get out of here ladies and gentlemen I appreciate you guys uh joining us here on episode 222 of kicking it with the king um very heartfelt episode you know a lot a lot weighing in on my heart because of uh you know the family stuff my grandma and stuff and like you know a lot of people would be surprised that someone's doing a podcast, you know, less than 24 hours after finding out about an un- a tragic death. Um, my wife, as well, is experiencing that kind of uh, of pain. She recently just lost her brother last night as well, as crazy as this fucking sounds. And it's an emotional time. And, you know, like I said, holidays can be very tough for a lot of people. So, you know, shout out to the people that get, get through it and you know, have a high tolerance for pain, not saying that that, just because we have a high tolerance doesn't mean we should go through constant stuff like that, so like I said, I love all you guys, and thank you guys for all, for um, being here and, and caring, um, so UFC 245, headlined, 
Kamaru Usman, Colby Covington, the welterweight title, three title fights, three title fights back to back. We also got Max Holloway versus Alexander Volganovsky. I can't wait for that one. Women's bantamweight fight. One of the most anticipated, one of the most exciting women's fights of all time. One of the best rematches also. If you don't remember, they fought recently before that uh, a while back. Um, early on, Amanda and Jermaine Durand, his UFC days, Durandamy is an excellent striker. I mean, if you look at her nasty knockout over Aspen Ladd in her last fight in under a minute, it was absolutely amazing. When I mean, you go over to the corner of Amanda Nunes, she's knocking out Ronda Rousey. She's knocking out Holly Holm with the Holly Holm head kick. She's she's knocking the brakes off Chris Cyborg, one of the most amazing finishes and amazing huge upsets and biggest win of her career. And her, in her last couple fight, her la her last fights, her last fight, excuse me, to become the double women's champ champ, dude. This is a stacked card. It's it's hyped. The UFC's final event of uh, of 2019, the final event of the decade, folks. Very interesting. And UFC Washington DC is the second to last one today. Um, it is touted and called. Uh, the fight like hell card, you know, Stuart Scottish, Ariel Hawani uh, had to make me emotional by talking about it on there, hearing the tribute later on yesterday. I went to watch the tribute speech that he had and fucking started bawling eyes and, you know, just a tragic time, man. These last few days have been kind of tough, kind of rough, but you got to stay charismatic. You got to be strong and, you know, don't suffer in silence. You know, like I said, I appreciate all those people out there that everybody that reached out, you guys are all fucking amazing. Thank you all for reaching out and caring about that. You know, it's a tough time. It has really sunken in, but this doesn't stop the motivation from going. It hurts, man. It really does. But we just got to keep going. We got to keep on moving, man. This fight card is stacked. We can't put ourselves down when you got a fight card that's stacked like this. The whole entire main card. Usman, Covington, Holloway, Volganovsky, Nunes, Durandami, Marlon Marais, Josie Aldo, Peter Yan versus the returning Uriah Faber. And headlining the preliminary card, Jeff Neal versus Mike Platinum motherfucking Mike Perry. Kaylin Vieira versus Irene Aldana. Matt Brown returns. Ben Saunders. Chase Hooper versus David Tamer, early preliminary card in UFC Fight Pass. Brandon Moreno versus Kai Kara France. Jessica I returning versus Vivian Arajo. Puna Heli Soriano versus Oscar Pichokta. Look at that fucking card. Look at that fight lineup. Everything stacked. I can't wait for next week. I wish it was today. Put this UFC Washington DC next week. Put this one this week. We have UFC 245 collide with Andy Ruiz versus Anthony Joshua too. Imagine the numbers. Everybody's going to be going crazy. And for goddamn sure, I would be watching both those fights at the same exact time if that was to happen. You hear how fired up we get on this show? Woo! That's got to be good. And what better way to end the show being as fired up as that, ladies and gentlemen. I think that is it for us today. Don't mind you. Post show coming up um, for sure. Got to have one of those because the huge fight news and, you know, the historic fight cards that we have tonight and all the results of all three of those big fights. Tito versus Alberto. UFC Washington, D.C. Um, 
Andy Ruiz versus Anthony Joshua. There's going to be too much results to not have a show tomorrow. So we might, well, we will return very likely tomorrow to talk about the results of all that stuff. I can't wait for that one. Like I said, I want to put out all the greatest shows. Um, all my greatest supporters look to keep grabbing you guys and bringing you guys in. Have you join the train? Have you guys be fans of kicking it with the king? And for those people, when it comes to how I came up with the name, it's because the first ever tattoo that I got was the king in Spanish. El Rey. I can't even say it. My freaking R's are off. El Rey. El Rey meaning the king in Spanish. I've always called myself the king. Refer to myself as a king. Not cocky, just... It's a cool nickname, King. King, Queen, why not? A lot of people like that name. And, you know, it just stuck. It stuck with me since 2014. I got it tattooed on my arm until I'm dead. So, that's where the name came from. Just a quick little drop of knowledge for anybody that didn't know that. Um, I appreciate you guys for joining us here. Like I said, on episode 222 of Kicking It With The King. Thanks to Anchor for hosting this amazing podcast and allowing me to distribute my podcast 100% free for everybody to listen. Also for 100, one, also 100% free, um, Kicking Kick, Kick It With The King is available for streaming on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and all the major podcast providers. Anywhere you get your podcast, we are available, folks. Leave us a five-star um, rating on iTunes as well as positive reviews. You can follow me on Facebook at um, www.facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at KWTKPod on Instagram and Twitter, folks. Uh, huge fight card. Can't wait. A lot to talk about. A lot we talked about, excuse me, and a lot to say. A lot of stuff to come tonight. So much results, so much emotion, so much stuff to look forward to tonight, folks. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this is Gabriel Hernandez signing off. Appreciate you guys for joining in. We'll be back sooner rather than later. Enjoy the fights. Enjoy the atmosphere. Enjoy the upset. Like I said, that Andy, Andy Ruiz versus uh, Anthony Joshua fight, that's probably the top of my list when, I, when it comes to learning about the results. I mean, and also curious to see if Rosenstruck can stop Alistair Overeem, if he can really prove um, that he is a legitimate contender, and, you know, with all the wins, and fa- fa- fantastic wins that he's had so far. A win over Alistair Overeem would do a lot for for him and for Alistair to get a win over him would you know warrant him maybe one more run at the UFC title and add that final UFC belt to his list. We'll see what happens in that one. There's so many fights happening today. Um, can Tito Ortiz submit his legacy by beating the shit out of Alberto Del Rio, or is Alberto Del Rio gonna have a a big win, his biggest win over Tito Ortiz, former UFC light heavyweight champion? We'll get to see all these events, ladies and gentlemen. It is noon. I appreciate you guys. We will be back sooner rather than later. G the King out, baby. Bye, folks. See you next time.